water, dude. Just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them. And welcome to the Carve Up, a show that talks about all things real in the sport of surfing. John Shimoka, alongside me is Will Weber and, of course, Shooter in the house for uh, what is going to be stop number seven on the WSL World Surfing Tour. Boys, uh, Tahiti is the location. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen. Well, uh, it's uh, finally good to be here, boys. It's um, good to kick this show off, but... Look, I've been having a look at these waves in the lead up to this event, and there's been some just some really, really big waves over there at the moment. So I'm sort of thinking it must be playing on the mindset of uh, some of these surfers that have been anticipating coming here all year. Um, some of the wipeouts that we saw, some of the footage on the news was just unbelievable. Blokes getting, you know, sucked over the falls and part of the lip. It just seems to be, they seem to be getting bigger and better every year. It's got to play some sort of part in their mindset. Oh, definitely that plane ride over there for a lot of. Uh surfers both experienced and the not so experienced uh, it's got to be exhilarating and also intimidating you know forecasts are everything right uh let's talk a little bit about that of course uh we are talking about tahiti where anything can happen it doesn't look as daunting as first expected the last three weeks shooter it's been absolutely death defying over there so do you think that's playing in the back of some of those guys' minds? Well, mate, you are right. Anything can happen. I saw a bloke riding a motorbike over there the other day coming down a wave, Robbie Madison. That was uh, – when you see that happening, you know anything can happen. But, look, um, I think when they go over there, they think that they're – you know, I think they're preparing for the for, – you know, for the for the biggest and the uh, heaviest waves on tour. So I suppose when – you know, if you're going to get a forecast that it's not going to be that – yeah, it's, it, you're going to have to do your form completely differently. You know, there's going to be some some guys that are really going to relish the uh, the smaller conditions. Yeah, Will, what's your take on uh, on who's going to do what and what the way how the way is going to play a part in uh, the end result? Well, beautiful to be here with you guys, Shooter John. Great to see you again. Looking, haven't aged a micromillimeter. <laughs> It's Fantastic! Amazing. It's amazing what hair dye. He hasn't grown. He hasn't grown a micromillimeter either. <laughs> is it? You just haven't been back to Hawaii. That's it. That's is it. it the, is it the Kuji Sun? It is the Cronulla Sun, actually. Cronulla oh, uh, these days. That's it, buddy. The uh, the sand and the sun over there keeps everyone young. Lovely. Well, talking about Chopu, man, I I wouldn't even get on a manly ferry for fear that it would drift to Chopu. The place scares the pants off me. I don't know how the Brazilian guys, even though Gabriel won last year. Um, I haven't got him in my pick. Wow, the horrifying swells that have been there. KK, the girl from Hawaii, that stuff oh, is off tap. She's freakish. She yeah. should have been in the draw. She should oh, have got yeah, a she, wild card. I think I agree with that. I absolutely agree with I, that. I, I don't know why, and it would be a first, of course, in surfing uh, at this level, the WCL uh, level, to have a woman of her stature of her ball sack if you like in a wave like that in a wave like that in a wave of consequence get a wild card i i think based off that right alone boys i don't know if you agree or not she should have got a wild card well it rocks the world when you swap the sexes within a competition i remember peter campbell and perhaps david davidson trying surfing a marubra contest one had mandarins in his uh, top and folded back in the undie department but when it comes to balls, man, that chick is off the planet. And as far as riding the motorbike there, man, don't indicate left. <laughs> well, funny funny you say that uh, uh, a fair few years back uh, whilst I was working with a, a surf brand. I was actually over there, and they actually ride their motorbikes without any lights or anything. And I just decided to change lanes and uh, took one of them out. 
So <laughs> luckily it wasn't Robbie Madison. But um, look, let's talk a little bit about the Wave, the break itself. Um, it is one of the most amazing setups on the planet. It is the best amphitheater for sur- live surfing I have ever, ever seen and had the privilege to watch uh, anywhere from two to uh, nearly 20 foot out there. Um, it, it comes out of a lagoon. It's a sort of a downgrading type of reef, and then it just drops off, doesn't it, Will, till about 90 feet straight down, which creates this sort of box-like tube. It's not really that pipeline-ish type of tube that you get, and it just it holds that much water. It is breathtaking, to say the least. Well, geographically, the thing's insane. It's a, you'll only get like five setups like this in the world where you're that wrapped around with the right drop-off, Sitting out there on top of a volcano in, you know, the middle of the Pacific Ocean, that's where you're going to get this kind of strength of swell. Tell me how the two-foot chopu was, Shroon. Ah, it was perfect size for me. (laughs) It was head head high, overhead. Um, But look, anything two to four foot, she's she's as playful as anything. She's the type of wave you draw on your school books whilst you're not listening to your your school school, uh, work from your teacher. Uh, five to eight foot, uh, uh, you know, the, her teeth really start to show. Anything over eight foot uh, shooter, she's a beast. She's something you don't play around with, and uh, she's a wave of consequence. She is, and in saying that, Schmooze, so, um, you know, who are the favourites going to be? Like, if, we, if, if we're talking the waves are going to be in that smaller range, uh, I suppose there's going to be a different set of favourites. Uh, we'll talk about that soon, I suppose. But um, if the wave, you know, if there, if, if there are waves of consequence, I know that the, the uh, cream rises to the top there. With the Yeah, look, I, I think... More importantly, you know, talk, before we talk about, you know, the favorites, uh, uh, dark horses and all that sort of stuff here on the Carve Up, I think we need to talk about one thing that's been in the back of everyone's mind, uh. you know, that guy in the gray suit that is very uh, prevalent around the reef breaks there in Tahiti. It may not be the great white, but it's the almighty tiger shark or the reef shark, if you like. Will, um, you think you might see a fair few over there? Or you think that might be playing in the back of the boys' minds based off of uh, Mick taking on that big shark at J-Bay? Well, man, I'm at ground zero. And to tell you the truth, I surfed for the first time yesterday with my brother Ben at Back Beach. Water was clear, the gannets were diving like crazy, and I was shitting myself. I've been mean, that scared since Rottnest Island or, you know, yeah, pretty much that. It's rare to be that scared on this uh, length of coast. It is ridiculous what's going on. Um, and seeing what happened to Mick that night, man, that honestly shocked me. It was, it was horrifying. Well, Shooter, since then, I mean, there's been massive amounts of shark sightings. We're talking about culling the sharks. We're talking about different ways um, to, you know, stop them from coming so close in the shore. Your, your thoughts on this? I mean, it's, it's a huge issue here. Look, I'm not – look. I've always been about, you know, we're, we're in their domain and, um, you know, it is their domain. But with the spate of attacks and that recently, and they're, they're just, I mean, look, Shark, the, the Great Whites have been protecting now for 15 years. So they've had that long to actually replenish. And the numbers are huge. The water's cleaner. The bait fish are everywhere. Um, look, it just seems like they're starting to cull us. So, I mean, I, I'm not against it. I mean, netting, netting's an option. I mean, is, is netting been spoken about, Will, up, up the north coast? Because, I mean, there's, there is that stretch from sort of Byron, you know, uh, back to sort of coughs that just seems to be, you know, more prevalent than anywhere everywhere else on the East Coast. So have they spoke about netting or anything like, anything like that? Well, you wouldn't have seen a, a set of nets or fishnet stocking since Margaret <laughs> Dupre that would stretch that, uh, that kind of area. I don't think netting would work. I'd like to see hand grenades at the moment just drop off. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I think, man, they know these sharks are there. They've got the... Um, 
the drone footage of them, why not just tag those guys that are there, put the GPSs on them and see what their behaviour is for a while and at the moment just keep out of the water. Well, then tell me something. You know, they've got the um, – I mean, they're selling these, like I think they call them the shark shield where you can attach them to, to your leg rope or to your board. Why can't they have like a shark shield that attached to boys and have them like every couple hundred metres outside, you know, outside the break? I mean, if, they're, if they work on the back of a board, I wonder if there's some system where they can attach a, a shark shield to a – you know, some sort of boy at the back of every break. Yeah, yeah any, turn them away. Sorry, Shmo, any place you would have expected that would have been perfect would have been J-Bay this year. Yeah. That's where all the technology comes from. It would have been a great sponsorship point and would have stopped what's happening. But, you know, Sharknado is coming out this week. <laughs> it's Jaws's 40th year. So, I don't know, is Hollywood behind this? Well, who knows, right? But uh, I guess the bigger and the wider question is, Next year at J Bay. It's a national reserve. It's protected. They cannot and have not allowed jet skis to assist the surfers back into the lineup. I know they had the, the, the safety boat, which was a huge part in saving Mick Fanning Absolutely. and Julian Wilson. Um, let's, um, let's go to a quick break, boys, uh, and let's, let's, let's jump back into the shark debate at J Bay uh, right after this. All right, welcome back to The Carve Up, where we talk about all things real in the wide world of surfing. Boys, before we went to the break, we're talking about sharks. Uh, we all know what happened to Mick Fanny. It was one of the most publicized stories on the planet. Uh, Mick has a lot of mental uh, hurdles he's going to have to jump over in terms of competition going into this uh, Billabong Tahiti Pro. But let's talk about next year's event at J-Bay. They've all said they're going back there, they're going surfing. What does the WSL, in short, boys, have to do to make things safe over there? Well, look, I think for sure they're going to have to have, to have more uh, watercraft, more craft presence out there, like as, as far as jet skis and, um, and patrol boats out there. Well, um, drones, do drones come into it? Are they going to have drones sitting over the top of the – I mean, they did have a drone at the Connors there, but do they take more – you know, do they have more drones sitting above the, uh, above the break? I mean, look, Shmoo, you've competed over there and you've surfed over there many a time. What's your take on it, mate? Oh, well, let me tell you. One thing that they didn't touch on the media, and I'm super surprised that Mick or Julian didn't bring it up, uh, I've surfed there two, three dozen times. Um, for the most part, I felt pretty safe. But Mick Fanning was uh, the guy that every morning that I would go out and surf, as a light came up, he would be coming in. Mick Fanning yeah. surfed in the dark before anyone else would get out there for years for a good six, seven years, and then at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, in the middle of a WSL final, yeah. he got attacked by a great white shark. I mean, that, to me, is spellbinding. And, and I just can't comprehend it. When I saw it live, I was absolutely beside myself. But look, in my experiences, that place is riddled with great white sharks. It's riddled with sea life, and with sea life comes... And the oh, water's not life. that clear, is it? It's not that clear. Nah. And, you know, so the WSL, if they want to go back there, boys, in my opinion... They're going to have to really have a good look at the safety measures put in place because by the time that boat and that jet ski got to Mick Fanning, he could have been gone. So tell me something. It's a workplace. The WSL's got a duty of care, haven't they? So if they go back there next year, have they got a duty of care to keep them out of the water As because something's happened before? Like, surely that couldn't happen again. Well, they have to take the proper precautions to ensure the safety of surfers. I mean, it has to be down to the dotting the I's and crossing the T's, boys, because if that was to happen again, uh, whether it be on live television or during an event or even during a free surf uh, to one of the best surfers in the world, um, it's game over. Yeah, It's game over. 
so for mine, I think the WSL should act on it and, and make it public. Make, you know, I don't, the last thing I want to see on live television, although it made great television, yeah, is anyone get attacked by a shark, let alone a three-time world champion. Boys, I don't know how you feel about that. We talked about the Sharks, boys. We talked about – we touched on Mick a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the event. Uh, going back into the event side of things here, um, we've got an exciting stop number seven on the WSL Tour. Uh, we know that uh, Mick and Julian are, are competing in this event after, uh, you know, obviously finish runner-up or equal first at J-Bay due to the uh, shark attack there. Boys, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the favorites. Who, in your opinion, is the favorite – going into this event, and why? Well, look, on form, I'd have to go with Owen Wright. In Fiji, he was absolutely unbelievable. I haven't seen surfing and tube riding like it. Uh, to get you know, to get those two perfect 10s in the final, I mean, that, that was just unbelievable. He gets waves of anything near the calibre of what, of what he got in Fiji. Uh, I think he's, he'll be the standout favourite for mine. I think the old bloke's going to go all right. He's actually at the top of my list, um, besides um, Mick Fanning, of course, and I'll elaborate a little bit on Mick. But Kelly's at a point right now where he needs to win. If Kelly wants to finish off with a dozen world titles, he needs to win an event. He needs to win one now. Um, he's hungry. I think the forecast suits his style of play when it's that size. It'll probably be anywhere between the four- to eight-foot range. And we all saw a few years back some of the, the layback drops that uh, Kelly had there at Chopu, where he looked like he was just toying around with it. The other guy for me, boys, is John John Florence coming off an injury. He's hungry. Based off both of those guys' performances last year, which was one of the best heats in the history of the sport between Kelly Slater and John John Florence, uh, I honestly got to say you can't look past those two guys. And then the other guy is um, Gabriel Medina. He, he needs a win. He's struggled pretty much all year, and the Brazilian needs a win. Uh, Will? Thoughts? Stepdad Charlie's my big hit. He's actually going to paddle in and catch a wave this year. Now, look, in all honesty, I'd go with our shooter. Owen's looking ominous. Um, but also, this sounds so silly that you've picked them both. The old man, he's got to step up. But my pick has been my guy the whole time, Julian. He's got all this run of seconds, the yeah, uh, shared yeah. second in J-Bay. Uh, the guy's got the, the guns. He knows how to do it. It's you know it's, it's a little different to what we saw at Fiji, where you had the run of the swell. You're either on it was a bad heat, a good heat. I don't think that happens as much at Chopu. Um, if it, if it's a running heat, man, then it's just shooting out like we saw with Kelly and uh, John John. Having said that, man, you got to watch out for um, Jeremy Flores, who's a very spiteful <laughs> and. <laughs> He's angry at the WSL and wants, you know, he wants an attack. Who isn't angry at the WSL? Shmoo, <laughs> <laughs> what about some of the what about some of the wines? Um, look, I'm, looking, I'm looking at, um, you know, I'm looking at Dusty and Freddie P and Seabass. I mean, those blokes excel. They excel at pipe, and they haven't done, they haven't traditionally done that well here. And they and the and their uh, position on the ratings sort of they they need results. All three of those blokes need results. So. Well, you know, it's, it's how long is a piece of string, yeah. right? You know, it's it's really hard to separate all these guys on tour. Um, but, you know, looking at the draw, looking at the consistency, looking at the past results of these these top runners. And, uh, you know, Mick Fanning, of course, he just beat the crap out of a shark. He can beat anybody. Uh, he always bounces back from adversity and injury. 
when he ripped the hamstring off his leg. Yep. He was out for six months. The guy comes back and wins the Quicksilver Pro. So don't count him out. Um, he's got a lot of resilience. But, uh, boys, I'll tell you what, it's going to be an amazing event. It looks like the forecast, as we put, touched on before, is going to be extremely fun, Chopu. It's not going to be the death-defying stuff that we really all want to see. But uh, after this break, boys, we're going to go to a short one, and we're going to come back with uh, some dark horses and the wild cards. All the wild cards. Always dangerous. Stay with us in the car, Bob. back to the carve up where we talk about all things real in the sport of surfing uh will weber johnny shamuka aka the shmoo and shuta boys we're talking about the stop number seven on the wsl tour uh tahiti one of the most picturesque perfect place places on the planet we talked about the favorites now we're going to talk about those who struggle 
some dark horses and some wild cards. Now, boys, we all know from past experiences, maybe not so much you, Shooter, because have you ever been to Tahiti? No. no. All right. <laughs> so you keep out of this conversation. And, and Will, you're up in Angary, so uh, I dare say you would have some experience over there in Tahiti. But look, let's be honest. The rookies, they always struggle. It all comes down to experience. You got guys uh, like Keanu Singh, Wiggly Dantes. Keanu coming from that Hawaiian background, he, he's not going to struggle as much as some of, of the other wild cards in previous uh, – sorry, rookies in the previous years But uh, and, and Wiggly. So I don't think they're going to struggle too much, but I still think it's going to come down to lack of experience that will see them through into the, you know, the quarterfinals or the semifinals. I love for both of them to prove me wrong, but at the end of the day – I mean, history tells us that uh, the rookies in their first year, they hardly do you ever see one go on to the finals. You know, you know you've got one of these rookies, Italo Ferreri, he's sitting in the top 10. He's sitting at number nine. Italo Struggle Ferreri. Street, mate. You think so? Struggle Street. Yep. I mean, I don't care if it's four foot, six foot, or 20 foot. That wave is, is, is a hard one to handle. She's, a, she's, a, she's an angry beast um, at the best of times. So I think Italo, you know, Keanu, um, they'll have moments of brilliance, but it's going to come down to those guys with experience. We've talked about them before, the John Johns, the Jeremys, the Kellys, yeah. the old boys. The usual suspects. The usual suspects. Will? I beg to differ yeah. just on the flip of the coin. That Okay, we've had uh, trials winners get through and get close. You know, uh, Manoa and um, the fantastic Brazilian goofy footer. They got a couple of seconds, might even have won one. But you know what I'm feeling is coming soon is a trialist because, Shmoo, what you said, it's scary, but you know when you go out in a hell surf and you're totally apprehensive, you get the first pit and then you get the taste. What happens if a guy just like Dusty just gets pitted? I mean, he knows pipe, that's for sure. But there could just be a guy, one of these guys, like a Singh had a nightmare at uh, the box. That was... You know, he handled that with aplomb, but that was really embarrassing. This might be his time. He just gets one pit, 10-footer, gets spat out and goes, this is mine, let's go. Well, it was really the coming of age of Jeremy Flores, wasn't it? And he was already a pipe master, but, I mean, it, it, it could be just that, Will. You know, I mean, it only takes one wave to make or break you, right? So, again, like I said, hopefully they proved me wrong, but, you know, you, you got to look at, at the, uh, you know, you're talking about wild cards and winning. Well, Bruno Santos did win from a wild card position. Okay. Um, so get that into your will. Yeah, get that into your will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other wild card is a local boy by the name of Tamata Puhini. Now, um, I haven't heard too much about this kid here, but let me tell you, if they're anything like the, the Berez brothers or, or Joyu brothers, they are going to bring it. Um, and um, they're, they're always a tough draw out there, no matter, or Monoa Jolet. We saw him, we've seen him over the years. He's always been in that quarterfinals, that, that ninth round. So, you know, the wild cards for me, boys, um, are really going to be a tough draw. The other guy I want to talk about, gentlemen, uh, you both know his name. He's from the Basque country, is Aritz Aranburu. Now, this guy has taken down the biggest of the biggest in the names uh, in the sport of surfing, uh, the likes of Kelly Slater, uh, Mick Fanning, all the top car, uh, draws. He's in the heat with Keanu Singh, actually. Aritz Aramburu, and uh, he's, he, he doesn't have an easy draw, but he's, he's a danger. He's a real danger. He's actually in heat number three against Felipe Toledo, who bowed out last year. Look, there's left-handers over there. He, he might know a bit about uh, Mundaka, so he's pig dog before. Uh, coming from the Basque country, you've got a heart of bloody uh, of fire. 
Uh, look, I think he's a, a top chance at uh, breaking through for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, let's talk about let, – let's look through the draw, boys. And, and Shooter, your favorite your, – your number one heat, the, the heat to watch in the first round. Oh, look, geez, the heat, the, the heat to watch in the first round for me, the one, the one with Owen Wright in. Owen Wright, Ace Buckin, and CJ Hobgood. Look, I'm, I've got CJ Hobgood as, as a dark horse for me. Like he's um, – this is his last year on tour. He's announced his retirement. He's, uh, he's always had some good results here. He loves Tahiti. I know he loves it bigger, but I just think, mate, he's just going to – I just think that he just really wants to make an impression. He always goes good there. This is a great heat. If he can – and if he can stamp his authority on this heat early against those two blokes, look out. I think you're a bit goofy, to, yes. to be honest. I, I mean, know, look, I know. you know, CJ Hobgood a bit – I think, you know, I love the guy. Great surfer. I mean, obviously, 2001 world champion. He's done well at Chopu. He's got a lot of uh, – he's, trof- he's a three-time runner-up. One in two thousand and four. Yeah, well, he might be a four-time runner-up. <laughs> he ain't uh, gonna win. Hang, hang on, wasn't he the nine eleven? Well, yes, he, he was. was. The, the Claytons when the tour <laughs> when the tour was shortened. That's right. With all due respect, I said with all due respect. <laughs> oh, right. On. the heat to watch for me, the heat to watch, boys, is heat number. It is heat number six. Adriana de Souza currently leading the points uh, ratings. Uh, Michelle Perez coming off an injury. Uh, he surfed at Jay Bay, but you know he's coming. Out, he's he's had a, a injury prone season, and the former winner, the Brazilian Bruno Santos. To me, that is the heat of the round. That is one heat that you are not going to want to miss. Well, if that's the case, I think just looking at heat number ten, there, I think Gabriel Benito will just breeze into round three against Atalo Ferreira and Ricardo Christie. I think Medina goes straight through to round three if the waves are small. Um, he can just he can just sit in a he can sit in a barrel from anywhere from a three foot barrel to a Ten foot barrel, and he can just um, he can just toy with it. So if it is smaller, I th- I, for me now, I, I know Aaron right. If it gets a little bit bigger and it was anything like Fiji, but if it's any smaller, I think Gabriel Medina will be the standout. I think Taj Burrell's a, a chance too. I mean, he's won when it was you know not uh, four to six foot and really really good looking uh, Chopu. I think you know he's one of those dark horses that that can really you know post a big result there. John John Florence, gentlemen. Well, John John Florence. Cool. What can he do? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, what sort of injuries are you coming back from? I mean, ankle. Yeah. Yep. Ankle injury. Uh, I mean, so floaters are out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think. Uh, look, John. John. He's uh, he's definitely one to watch uh, based off the uh, the the forecast that's coming this way, guys. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with the car vote with more talk on who's going to do what at this year's Billabong Pro. Welcome back to the Carve Up, where we talk about all things real in the sport of world professional surfing. Uh, shooter, I'll tell you what, uh, contest shaping up to be a cracker. The forecast looks fun, and we're going to see some of the most amazing surfing on the planet. Well, we are talking about amazing. Just hang on a second there, Shmoo. We've got the satellite phone ringing here, and um, I believe it is Chud Spivens on the line. Last time we heard of Chud, he was just uh, summoning Mount Everest. Now I believe he's somewhere in the Pacific Ocean uh, on his way to Tahiti. Uh, Chud, are you with us, mate? Yeah, guys. Oh, we got it on. We got it on. We're live. You're kidding me. I have this phone. I've been trying to call it pizza for three weeks. I'm actually a bit off course. I'm between Pitcairn Island and Guam. <laughs> and, mate, and where's your final destination? Man, wherever this wind takes me, the wind's like my life. Have you ever come in hot like I want to see these guys hot in Tahiti? I'm, you know, the, the whole affection with my ocean, I've said that Tahiti is my oyster, my oyster basket. 
I want to come in cold, dry, and sweet. This place is so unique to me. It's impossible to get there. Some one time I went there and I didn't get there. I got blown. Nova Scotia. So Ch- Chud uh, Shmoo here, buddy. Are you on course to arrive before the event starts there in Tahiti? And and uh, what brings you there? Who who, who are you going to see? What do you got for us? Well, look, put it this way, Shmoo, and it's so refreshing to hear your voice again. But I'll tell you one thing: if I don't make it, that Billy Madison, he'll pick me up on a Harley. <laughs> right, uh, Chad. So, hey, so where you where where you course at at the minute? Where 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 exactly are you? Do you have a compass? How, how are you telling where you're going? Are you going the right way, the wrong way? I got a Stetson, a Stetson. I'm looking at the stars. I'm on a banana chair. I'm having a banana daiquiri. And what's your name down there? Chinchilla? Yeah, I've got this. What is that? I've got a monkey driving this boat, man. This is crazy. We're so off course. So I'm going to make it. CJ, man, where are you? I need some help here. You know the Pacific Ocean like nobody. Now, Chad, listen, mate. Look, we know you really well, mate. You're a really good friend of ours. But just to the listeners out there, mate, can you give us a bit of background about yourself, mate, where you're from? And, um, you know, just give, just give a bit of the, uh, the Chad Spiven story. Well, man, you know the film's coming out. You guys know that. The books, you know, I'm printing away. I went to Grudge Gone. And, you know, when I think about Tehu Pufu, I like to think about my whole life, and it comes every time of year. And this time I actually put pen to paper. I'm typing away. Man, it started way back, you know, T Street, when I was a grommet, you know, hanging out with, you know, Danny Kwok and the, the like, Dave Eggers, the Eggman. <laughs> it's, it's taken me a long time to, to put what I want to do, pen to paper. It's like alfoil in my mouth. It stings me. I sit in bed just crying some nights, not crying literally, but just, you know, missing my essence. And you know what? I want to deglaze what's happened here. I want to lift this, this whole life of mine off the pan. I want to put this thing back and render it and say, hey, people, remember me? Shmoo, this is what pro surfing's all about, mate. Now, these are the type of characters we need to speak to more often, mate. So, uh... Well, it's great to... Look, we're going to have Chud down on the ground there in Tahiti. When he actually arrives, right. when that is, we don't, we don't right. exactly know. <laughs> he could end up in Zimbabwe, for all we know, at that perfect left down there. Chud, you take it easy out there on the o- open ocean there, buddy, and we look forward to hearing your reports from live there in Tahiti uh, in the next, what, day, week, month? Oh, I think we lost him, Shooter. He's gone. What a well, hopefully not literally gone. Mate, honestly, Shmoo, I'm, I'm telling you, if we can, uh, we can get some uh, some crosses out of him from every event on the on the, on the rest of the pro tour, mate. We're going to have a really fun end of the year. Well, we just got to keep him alive. Is that, <laughs> that's what well, we he need to do. He hasn't arrived yet. Well, he's got a double hookup, so he's got food for the next <laughs> month in case he's uh, stuck on the ocean. But well, he didn't say what he'd hooked up. Oh well, who knows, right? So yeah. hopefully it is food. But uh, <laughs> Chad Spivens will be our on ground reporter over there in Tahiti for stop number seven on the WSL World Surfing Tour. Shooter, look. Uh, it's shaping up to be a great event. Not a huge event by uh, by history standards, but I can tell you one thing right now: Chopu provides the world with a ton of excitement, and I am looking forward to uh, not only watching it but talking about all the good things inside the bowels of Chopu during the event. Man, I'm a little bit disappointed that the forecast isn't showing, you know, code red type stuff. But like you said, it always produces something out of the box. And I think this year will be no different. I'm looking forward. I think the surfers at the moment are surfing better than ever. They're doing things that, you know, we, we haven't seen. They're, they're just becoming more progressive every year. We only have to listen to the commentators on the uh, that's double. Yeah. I mean, that's, for, that's, that's for another that's day. That's mate. Four foot, two foot, 
This is the center of the tour. They're going to go mental. Doesn't matter. These guys have got to step up. Kelly's got to kill it. Uh, CJ's got to sign off. You know, is this his last win? This is Courtney the kickoff. He's almost starting the tour again. <laughs> Yeah, look, boys, it's uh, only a few more sleeps, gentlemen, until the event starts. The forecast looking really, really good. The window opens on the 15th of August. And I want to thank you, boys, uh, Will Weber, Shooter, and, of course, myself, the Schmoo, signing off here from the Carve Up. And you can look forward to our next podcast in the coming days. Thanks very much. See you later. See you later, boys.